Hey everyone, I'm John Steele, and this is After Four, a podcast for InterVarsity alumni. Life after college is hard, and even a great experience with your InterVarsity chapter doesn't shield you from the challenges of transition. As we hear stories from real alumni learning how to make it in their post-InterVarsity reality, my hope is that this podcast will offer some encouragement, a few laughs, and even some hope for the future. This is After Four, and these are your stories. Hello and welcome to After Four, the podcast for InterVarsity alumni. I'm your host, John Steele, and we are just one week away from our 100th episode. I am so excited to celebrate the last three years with you next week. Now, it's too late to get them into the episode, but if you still haven't sent me a message about your favorite guest, your favorite story, or how After Four has encouraged you after graduation, you can still send those in. I would love to see them, and maybe they'll make their way onto our Instagram or something. So find us at After Four Pod on socials or hit us up on SpeakPipe and share some of your personal favorites from After Four. All right, I want you to think back to a time when you were 100% sure that you just had a personal encounter with God, like he went out of his way to make sure that you knew he was speaking to you specifically. Well, that is exactly the kind of story we're going to hear from our guest today. His name is Rocco, definitely a contender for coolest name of the podcast this year. And as Rocco was struggling to understand his purpose and was no longer interested in following Jesus, God made it abundantly clear that he was still very invested in Rocco. Enjoy his story, and this one's for you, alumni. Rocco, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, John. Absolutely. Man, can I say that it's also really fun to get to talk to somebody whose name is Rocco? (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it can be a good thing, sometimes it can be a bad thing. (laughs) Did you ever grow up watching the TV show Rocco's Modern Life? Oh, of course. I even got, <laughs> uh, actually, right on the side here, I got a deck of cards that are Rock of Modern Life oh themed. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I bring those bad boys to every party that I go to. <laughs> I love it. That's so great. Yeah. Man, when I could catch Rocco's Modern Life, it felt like I-, I had won the day. The people that this podcast is made for, they'll have no idea what we're talking about, but you and I, <laughs> this, this is fantastic. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah. This is just a little history lesson, a little pop culture history lesson from years ago. So uh, that's really awesome. Well, yeah. Rocco, would you take just a minute to introduce yourself? I feel like we already know some really important things about you from what you've already shared here. Uh, but would you just take a minute, introduce yourself, help me, help the rest of us get to know you a little bit? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my name's Rocco. I live in uh, central Connecticut. I moved up there after getting married. I'm an engineer by trade that just okay. recently started a job as a software engineer. So that's been very interesting. Been completely inundated with new stuff because <laughs> I was not ready for it. But uh, yeah, I'm drinking <laughs> from the fire hose right now. Nice. Um, but yeah, I, I, a couple of years ago, I got married. My uh, Rebecca is my wife, Rebecca, uh, previously Mel Ragno. Now she's a camera. Um, we have one boy, Luca. He's one year old. And then now I play uh, drums also for a worship team down here for this uh, church, Emmanuel Baptist. So just recently started playing drums for them. It's been really cool. That's awesome. Rocco, where did you where did you go to school? How did you get involved with InterVarsity? You know, this is we're an alumni podcast, so we love to hear a little bit about people's background. Tell me, uh, yeah, how did you get plugged in? Yeah, so um went to school at Clarkson University, um, for those who are familiar with it. It's in Potsdam, New York. Pretty much you drive north in new york until you hit um farmland 
and then Amish country and then nothing. And then there's Potsdam. (laughs) (laughs) It's a perfect, a perfect place for an engineering school. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, they, they, uh, there's a, there's a church there that I got to play drums in. Um, and that church is, yeah, once again, drums, um, And that church actually is um, where most of the the folks from IV, you know, they they attend there. So then I got to know them and you know, yada yada yada. Yeah, started getting involved in InterVarsity. You know, that's awesome. Well, as you, I mean, as you think about the time that you spent with InterVarsity, are there any like major standout moments uh, that that come to your mind of like, wow, this was either really a formative experience that I had, or this was just a super fun thing that I I just remember really fondly. Yeah, I mean there there are a lot of really good moments from InterVarsity. I went to uh to Urbana. Actually, this is kind of an interesting story. <laughs> um I was going to Urbana, I was going to get the bus to Urbana in um I think it was Rochester, New York. I was gonna catch it. And it was, you know, middle of I think it was December, something like that. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. And um and I just remember like, you know, in, in upstate New York, it's snowing all the time in December. And, uh, you know, I was looking for a place to park my car cause I lived in Utica, New York. And, um, and I'm, and I'm looking around and I just can't find any place to park. And I'm, you know, asking, you know, friends and stuff. And they're saying, Oh, just park in a Walmart, you know, but it was like four days that I'd be there. And, and the Walmart basically said, well, if you park here, you know, we'll, we would like you have you towed because we have to plow right <laughs> so, so there's no there's no place to park you know and i'm and i know that the bus is coming you know any hour um so i called the number kind of in desperation that they had on one of the commuter lots there was just this phone number there on the sign and and i get in contact with this older gentleman and he said you know what? i'm gonna figure out a way for you to you know stay you know keep your car safe like, okay great i get a call back from the police chief of a oh, local no. <laughs> of a local, uh, you know, district there. And she said, she's like, she said, well, you know what? I, I'm going to let you drive over to our site and you can park here for the whole time. And oh then I'll give gosh. you a ride back and, and you can, you know, take the bus, which I was just completely blown away. Cause I knew, I didn't know this lady. I didn't know the guy at the phone, but evidently he had, a, he had some pretty, pretty good contacts. Cause he got in contact with the police chief. And I just remember getting out of the car, um, when I got there and just being like, thank you. And, you know, I can't believe you're doing this for me. And she said, if anyone asks you, you're my son. So, okay. <laughs> so I parked my car. I parked my car. I go to the conference and that conference was great. And I, I remember I took, um, you know, I took like a whole notebook of, of notes at that yeah. conference. Oh, I, yeah. I read through two, two whole books at that conference, you know, just um, completely, completely absorbed in the material. And uh, yeah, I mean, that was great. And it was New Year's. It was over the New Year's too. Oh, so yeah. we had got to celebrate the new year, you know, and it was, it was just phenomenal. I just remember looking around and seeing, you know, it was like, I don't know how many people were there, but it was thousands of people. Oh, yeah. And yeah. And, and they were just like singing and, and, you know, one of my friends leaned over, he said, I think I know what heaven will look like. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Oh <laughs> man. Great. That's so cool. Man, getting a, getting a, a police escort to your ride to Urbana is, is pretty fantastic. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then to have, and then to have the, the amazing Urbana experience that Urbana so often is like, that's uh wow, that's super cool. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Definitely, definitely one to put in the, in the, 
in the yearbook or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not forgettable for sure. Yes. Yes. <laughs> So Rocco, you, you're a part of this, this intervarsity chapter that's on a campus that's out in the middle of nowhere, going to Urbana, getting to experience the small taste of uh, maybe what heaven is going to be like. And, and these kind of things, I'm assuming these kind of things just kind of continue throughout your college career, throughout your time with intervarsity. And then, and then inevitably, uh, graduation comes along. And so just like kind of big picture, what, what were the expectations that you had for your life as you were on? On the brink of graduation what did you think like this is what's going to happen next for me yeah i um man i had a lot of plans okay <laughs> um you know i think that was the story of my life in college is you know always had every you know a three-year outlook basically fully planned out career-wise i was i knew where i was going <clears throat> you know i knew that i i didn't know much about what i'd be doing or if okay. i'd like it <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I knew I was going to be going there and they would be paying my bills, which is a good thing. Hey, nice. um, <laughs> and a good side effect too, is that, uh, actually my roommate from Clarkson, um, he was going to be my roommate down there. Uh, he ended up being my roommate for another eight years. <laughs> so <laughs> that was, it was, it was a, a very strong friendship that we had. Even to I this guess day, so. But, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know, relationship wise, I was actually in the, um, this was with, um, uh, my previous relationship and I had been with that person for about two to three years. So, okay. you know, my expectation was, you know, okay, I'm graduating, you know, she's probably gonna be graduating pretty soon too, you know, likely a year or so we might be tying the knot or, you know, thinking about next steps. Um, and then spiritually, I was really, I mean, I was like, so on fire. I was, mm. you know, all the university reaching out and, you know, ministering to people and, you know, and I, and I was really, I don't know if you're a big fan of like apologetics, but I was huge into the apologetics scene okay. and, and like reading all the different books and, you know, so, so yes. I, I, I had this, you know, huge passion for, okay, I'm going to read all this apologetics. It's going to be super beneficial for, for multiple people, yeah. um, maybe even the workplace, you know, so I, I had big expectations, um, you know, going out and I had a big plan <laughs> going out. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, sounds like it sounds like you had spent some time, you had put in the work, you were preparing, and I, I mean, and it seems to me that you were pretty hopeful that like, okay, there are good things on the horizon uh, for life after graduation. So, what happens next for you? Yeah, um, boy, a lot of good things happened, but there are a lot of unexpected things. Um, you know, in my career, I felt like I was doing well. I, you know, I, I worked like crazy. I think I worked, you know, probably 12 hour days each day. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, mostly because I, you know, I just, I didn't want to put anything down and the mm. company, um, you know, had a very complex thing that they, that we worked on. So there was no shortage of, of things to learn and things to do. So I had a hard time finding a work-life balance, you know, mm. just w didn't come natural, you know, relationally, the relationship I was in at the time, instead of it moving in, in what I'd say is probably more positive direction, uh, we started to realize that we had big gaps, you know, mm -hmm. in our, in our compatibility, trying to bridge those gaps was very difficult. Spiritually, it was a big struggle. I, um, you know, started working a job, which often required me to work on Sundays. And I realized at that point how really, you know, it was incredibly difficult to find church that, happened on Saturdays or yeah. even Sunday afternoons. I just could not find anything. Mm -hmm. I was looking around trying to find a group similar to what I had at IV, which was, you know, like 
a number of people, you know, super welcoming, super open, you know, super, um, you know, intelligent when it came to the Bible and all these different things. But I just, I just had a hard time finding it to, to add on to that. My career, there were surprisingly a small amount of people who were really, you know, believers of mm. anything, you know, okay. most folks were, you know, they were, um, either they just went to church on Christmas or they, you know, actively did not like the church, you know? Sure. Um, and it was, it was kind of discouraging because these were folks that were really intelligent folks that I looked up to that were telling me things like, you know, that it this is crazy and it was invented. And so eventually, you know, all this, you know, uncertainty, you know, lack of a supportive Christian community, you know, in that. And, uh, and just the doubt, I mean, cause of all the, what I just learned, I just became very cynical and I kind of ran my excitement for the faith into the ground. So it, 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 you know, eventually I just kind of got to a point where I was, you know, so frustrated that I just said, you know, my career pays my bills and I just sort of, you know, became, you know, well, I'm not, I'm not going to spend much more time on this faith stuff because it's just not too helpful. I'd rather focus on the thing that makes me money and makes sense of the world around me. Um, so then, yes, I, I basically, you know, I didn't, you know, make it public to tell everybody, but I, sure. I, I walked away and stopped going to church. I imagine that that took an incredible toll on you. And it's not like it, you know, happened overnight. Right. It was like, you know, little things in your life and they just sort of pile, 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 or, you know, you know, make you more and more cynical, make you more and more doubtful. And then eventually you're just like, why am I doing all, all this? I do, I'm much more happy when I'm not doing all this. So I'll just, you know, I'll just call it quits. It's clear that that is not where you ended up. What was it that that changed that story for you? Yeah, yeah. So um, I remember I was... I was traveling for work. There was an issue with one of our products and I had just traveled to Korea, Taiwan, and Texas over the span of maybe three months, you wow. know, just getting screamed at by customers. Just to give you an impression, the guy at, at um, in Taiwan that I was communicating with the customer, he said that he would have nightmares about this. I can't explain the event, obviously, but this event would happen and then things would go wrong and you could have millions of dollars of damage from one of these events. Wow. And basically they, you know, the company that he, that, that employed him viewed him as the guy that would fix this. And so they just said, you fix it. And then every time that there was this millions of dollars of damage, you know, it's him that was getting yelled at. So, so you can imagine that he's just taking all that and dumping it onto our group. And it was just exhausting. I pulled so many all-nighters there and I was just exhausted. And then I did, once I finished that, I did the same exact thing at another customer. And then I did the same exact thing oh at another goodness. customer. And each customer was just, just enough different to create a really difficult environment. So I was just really tired. I remember sitting in a, I think it was a Best Western, <laughs> you know, in Texas <laughs> and, and just staring up at the ceiling fan and just sitting there. Like, I didn't feel like I solved anything. I felt mm. like if anything, I just prolonged this bad issue. We don't know what's wrong. We don't know how to fix it. We, we've just put band-aids over stuff. And I'm just staring at the ceiling and just thinking, you know, I don't believe that there's God anymore. I don't believe that there's any reason to be proud of the work I'm doing. Very depressed, just super low, very tired, you know, just a really, a really rough patch. And I just remember sitting there and laying, just feeling numb, like completely numb, just so sad. And then at that moment, I get a, a message from Glenn Ewart, the leader of our group from IV. Okay. 
he had messaged me the day before and I, he gives me letters and stuff to let me know what's going on there. He had messaged me just asking for my uh, updated address because I changed and, and I sent him my updated address. I just sent him the address. I gave no context, you know, of how I'm feeling, nothing. And he just responded back via email. I get the email right then. I remember sitting there, my oh laptop's gosh. open. I get an email. It's just, it's funny, you know? Um, I get an email, it's from Glenn, and he said, and I open it up, and he said, Thank you for the address. And he just said, Rocco, I just want to know, I don't do this very often. I wish I had the email in front of me, but it was, it was very similar to what I'm saying right now. Is like, he said, I don't normally do this very often, but I just want to know, how are you doing? And how is your walk with God? Because I just oh don't feel like something's right, which I imagine for him probably felt very awkward yeah, <laughs> because <right. laughs> he doesn't, he knows nothing about my situation. You know, I'm not sending him small hints that I'm, that I'm having a hard yeah, time. Yeah, you sent him an address and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally an address. Yeah. Um, I don't respond back, but I was a little bit weirded out by it. And then right then also, my grandmother was a huge believer. You know, she's a really great believer. Um, and she called me right then and she left a message because I didn't answer. I was not in a, in a, in a position to really feel like, like answering anyone's calls or anything. And she just said, Rocco, I'm feeling like you're just having a hard time. Can you give me a call back what? and let me know? And I'm just, those two things happen. <laughs> and I'm not even joking with you within the course of like an hour. It's like the, these two things, well, I'm laying there numb, just super sad. And to be honest, when, when it happened, you'd think I'd be like, there is a God and like, you know, or, or whatever. And that was totally not my response. My response was pure frustration and anger. I was, wow. I had been so convinced and I've been so like preconditioned to believe that this was not true. That for me, I was just trying to figure out how on earth do these people, like, did I send something on Facebook? Is there, did someone hear something? Like, There has to be a logical explanation. <laughs> yeah. Is Google listening to me and publishing <laughs> to my friends? You know, but I, I just, I was so blown away. I was just frustrated, but then it's great. I said, I'm going to go, I'm going to try and start, you know, going back to church a little bit, you know, wow. or just, you know, because it, it was just so weird that I just felt like there's something, something special about that. And I, I have to say, it was so hard going back. I was so cynical. And it's mm. like, you know, you just have so many formed opinions in your head. But, you know, just <laughs> keep, keep telling myself, you know, there's a reason why that thing happened. So like, I just gonna sit and listen. And yeah, I mean, there were throughout the course, I mean, there was there was lots of little, you know, times where, where God spoke to me, like there was other people who are in technical fields who, who gave me their stories about how they came to faith and how they felt God's presence. I would have to think, uh, uh, this, what will now be a lifelong season potentially of, of coming back to Jesus, of relearning, of unlearning, of like asking big questions, of having doubts. It's not all puppies and rainbows believing in Jesus. That it's like, there are things that I cannot explain and that do not make sense. And that is really difficult for me. And this is what the life of faith looks like is saying, yep, I cannot, I cannot answer all of these things. But, you know, Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. That is the reality that we live in. And therefore, it is this lifelong experience of, okay, what does it look like for me to trust Jesus in the midst of these things, especially with the history that I've had of just of not believing, because that makes it that much harder. Well, and you know what, what made it more helpful, at least for me, is like, I just found that when I had that mind of just stop with the cynical, listen, 
and then learn how it applies to your life and then just go and apply it. I just found God to be just so unmistakably faithful. I like, for instance, I was in that previous relationship for about eight years and it was really difficult because there were, there were gaps. And later in that eight years, I was coming back to the Lord. But that was a huge problem for me was it's not like I break this branch off and we're good. You know, it's like families are super close. Mm -hmm. um, friends are super close. I haven't had a relationship outside of this person, you know, and I just remember the Lord constantly telling me, this is not the route I want you to go. But we were happy going on trips and having a great time. And but just, you know, that the feeling in my gut was this is not okay. And man, I just remember the day that I that I broke it off. I just remember sitting there and just like saying to God, please don't make me do this. Yes. I was getting her at a train station. I just said, please just let it work out naturally. She just decides to leave me or all of a sudden she has a change of heart and everything is perfectly compatible. And and that was not an answered prayer that was to my liking. You know, I, I did it. It was extremely messy. My friends had to take my phone for months. I was just complete gloom and doom. But sure enough, God sent me Becca. I'm convinced to this day that he sent me Becca. And, and then just every date just confirmed more in my mind that this is the right woman for me. And to this day, you know, it's been phenomenal. Mm. And, and it, it just, that was one thing. I, there's, there's so many things. All that to say, I just feel like if you let God lead you and you have that doubting spirit, like the mm. Thomas doubting spirit, or you have these cynicalists, just over time, you're just going to realize that stuff happens in life that you can't explain. And you're just really thankful and you know that it's from God. And you're just like, I think, I think I, I think I'm believing more and more now, you know, more and more as the days go by. And no, no matter what anyone tells you, you're not going to change that belief because you've lived mm. it. Yeah. Rocco, so as I think about our our listeners for the show and the and the you know the audience that we make this for, it's for alumni who are in there who are looking towards graduation and who are in their first year after graduation. That's really those are really the people that we are that we're wanting to speak to here and and help uh, bridge that gap. Based on these experiences that you've had, do you have any advice that you would give to somebody that is about to step into or who finds themselves in the midst of this post-graduation season of life? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just preface this by saying that um, when I got out of college, understanding a truth about something, like a truth that I felt was a real truth, was like worth it was it was it was completely worth like more than millions of dollars it was the most important thing you know um and so i just say i would say one thing is like just keep appreciating the truth that you have in the bible hmm. you know um even if you don't understand it even if you think because you've listened to it you know someone's preached on it many times that you think okay this is just getting boring i already know this like just appreciate that truth because one day you'll you'll go to it but because you've lived it and you've seen it you'll l really love it and you'll really appreciate it um so do that first another thing is just pragmatically expect uncertainty hmm. you know you're you're getting out of college you picked uh, i i don't know hardly anybody who knew exactly what they wanted to be going into college even coming out of college i had no idea what i wanted to be so just expect uncertainty expect uncertainty with friends with college with school with relationships just expect mm. 
a, a big package of uncertainty <laughs> to come your way. Yes. Expect challenges to what you know, because, you know, when I came out, I thought I had everything figured out. I wasn't, I was furthest from the truth. What you thought was true might not be true. And, and that's okay. You know, and, and, um, you know, just understand that God's going to, going to teach you in one way or another to either learn more and to want to gain more knowledge to fill that gap or to just understand that that's an area that you just, just leave it, leave it as it is. That's I'd say probably a lot of things, but. That's fantastic, which I mean, and each one of those things seems to point back to the to the first thing that you said, which is I mean, which is maintaining that foundation with I mean, with God moving forward with the Lord in his word, like his word is what he's given to us. He continues to enlighten us as we go back and go back and go back again and again to his word. And like, these are the things that, and we may have a wrong interpretation of his word, but we keep going back to it and saying like, oh man, no, God is like refreshing my mind to better understand like what he means here and and what I'm supposed to do with this. And that I mean, that is our foundation that we keep returning to is is Jesus' death and resurrection, that, that we are reconciled to God through him, that we have his word to help train us and teach us how to live our lives, and that stuff still isn't going to make sense, and that that's okay. <laughs> it's okay to live in the uncertainty because that is life, and, and there's some amount of adventure in the uncertainty. Like that that's, it's a, just enjoy the adventure and live it according to the way that God is training you to live through his word. <laughs> and like, and like that in, to some extent, it's like, that's the best you can do. And he will correct you and train you and redirect you through that process. And 10, 15, 20 years down the road, you'll look at things differently than you did, not because of a book that you read, but because of the way that God has been transforming you. Rocco, thank you so much for, for spending some time sharing this story. I, and I'm sure that, I'm sure that there's some amount of this that like, it's a great, it's a great story to be able to tell, but it's probably all, I, I would have to think it's not always the easiest thing to go back and like yep. walk through. Cause you, you experienced some pretty dark, difficult stuff. And so I, I appreciate you being willing to step back into some of those places and share knowing that there are alumni who are and or will experience these kinds of things and to, to let them know, like there is hope in the midst of some of the darkest places of your life. Like Jesus is there with you and he is, He's fighting for you, yep, yep. and he he's he he wants to he wants to welcome you into his arms, and uh, sometimes it just takes a it takes your your uh, or sometimes it just comes in the form of your campus staff asking for your for your address and your grandma giving <laughs> you a call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes crazy things like that, little little things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks a yeah, lot, Rocco, man. for sharing your story. I appreciate it very much. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I hope somebody. Hope somebody benefits from it. At the beginning of the episode, I asked if you'd ever had an encounter with God, something like the one Rocco just shared with us. A few weeks back, I shared a story about breaking down crying on the floor in my little one-room apartment here in Mankato. It was my first year of grad school, first time being so far away from home. Well, I'm not sure if the story I'm about to tell was the same night or a different night. It's hard to keep track, but I was crying on the floor in my tiny apartment. And I remember just laying face down, holding out my hand, and literally begging God just to touch me. Like, to actually reach out and make tangible, physical contact with me. And I 100% believed that he could do it. And so I just laid there, waiting and begging. 
I have no idea how long I was laying there, but all of a sudden, my mom calls. Great. We all know that we never want mom to see that we've been crying. It's just a conversation that you're not prepared to have. So I wiped the tears off my face. I tried to get myself all put back together, tried to get my voice sounding normal again, and I answered the phone. But it wasn't my mom's voice coming through the speaker. It was someone singing to me. And in that moment, I heard these words. I love you more than the sun and the stars that I taught how to shine. You are mine and you shine for me too. I love you. Yesterday and today and tomorrow, I'll say it again and again. I love you more. And then the line went dead. My mom didn't say a word. She just called, let the chorus of that song play through her phone, and then hung up. And I sat there on the floor in absolute shock. And all I could say was, you actually did it, God. You actually reached out and touched me. In that moment, I was confident that God was listening and that he cared and that he wanted to let me know. And I've also had plenty of moments where that didn't happen. But nearly 15 years later, I've never forgotten that night. Alumni, if you've had a moment like that, I want to encourage you to write it down and put it somewhere that you can easily find it. Go back and read it anytime you find yourself completely lost and confused like what Rocco was experiencing. And if you haven't had a moment like that, it's okay. Moments like those are not a requirement for confirming God's existence or his love for you. But for now, maybe just let this be one of those moments. Jesus sees you. He knows you. He loves you. He is right there with you. Keep going. The season you find yourself in won't last forever. You will be okay. And if you ever need someone to talk to in the meantime, we're just a DM away. Rocco, thanks so much for joining us today, and thanks for sharing this story. We need to hear more stories like this one. Alumni, I am so excited to hang out with you next week while we celebrate 100 episodes of After Four together. It's going to be a great time. Uh, We're going to share some memories together. We're going to have an exciting announcement, and I'm looking forward to spending that time together. Be sure to come back for it. Thanks for tuning in, and I will see you in the after, alumni. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today, alumni. If there was anything that you learned, really enjoyed, or that encouraged you from today's episode, would you send us a DM or tag us in a story? We'd love to hear about it. You can find us at After4Pod on Instagram and Facebook. And if you haven't already, take just a second to unlock your phone and subscribe to the podcast. If your platform lets you, leave us a rating and a review. And if you like what we're doing here, share us with your InterVarsity or other post-graduation friends. Thanks again for listening, and I will see you in the after, alumni.